Welcome to Noclip. I'm Chad Rutherman. I'm JJ Artinas. And I'm Andy Kearney. And today we're going to be talking about Gone Home. Gone Home is a game developed by the Fulbright Company. It was released in 2013 on the PC and uh, just had a console release earlier this year. Hmm. Uh, we are about 20 minutes <laughs> post <laughs> JJ playing this game for the first time. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully everything is just fresh in our memory. Um, <laughs> But Get Got Home is a, a genre of game that is, like, sort of negatively, like, it has a negative connotation. I would agree. Yeah, uh, referred to as a walking simulator. Mm-hmm. And uh, I actually just, like, really like these games. I like them, too. Um, so, I would say just offhand that, like, just, like, at the start, that I think this game is, is fun. It's a good game to play. Um, but I think that... The reasons for this game being good are very different than the reasons that you would give for like other games being good. Mm. There's not going to be a lot of game design talk in terms of like actual like mechanics, yeah, like, systems uh, interaction. Yeah, there, there's systems and there are mechanics, but they're f- not the forefront of this game because mm. a lot of games sort of attempt. Uh, to, like, and you hear the word thrown around a lot in games criticism uh, of a game being cinematic, where like you go like the movie or the game plays itself as if it was a movie. It says like look at our beautiful vistas and like panning camera shots. But this game, I think, comes closer than I'm gonna go and say any other game that I've played at actually feeling like. Like, giving you the same experience that you get when you watch a movie. Because it's so much about the discovery and the feeling of being there. And the parts that games take away from that with their length and, like, the mechanical challenge are sort of absent from this in a way that makes it more... Like, it actually feels like you're being told a story. Yeah. And I think... It pulls that off a lot better than any other like walking simulators that I've personally personally played. Yeah, because I feel like this game has really great pacing. Yeah, which is what is, I think is its strong suit. Because like you never go too long in between chunks of like the story, so it doesn't feel like it's padding. Because like there are some walking simulators where you just walk around aimlessly for like a half hour before you find more stories. So you're like, why didn't they just make a movie and cut out all the fat here with right. just the aimless walking around? Yeah, and this game doesn't have like the... Like, like you're not like wandering across like any breathtaking scenery in this game that'll like help pad long periods of not doing anything. Right. This game is literally just all about discovery of... Like, just the objects in the space. And I think that the setting of this game... Well, the setting of the game was likely chosen because it's literally the only way they could have told this story. Yeah. But the the fact that it does just take place in one house allows them to have this incredible density of objects that don't feel out of place, and they don't feel like they're being, like, forced into things. They all just appear where you would expect them to be. And as a sense of sort of like immersion and realism. Yeah, it it's definitely well thought out, the placement of all the objects. Mm. And it gives it that extra like layer of realism, I think. Yeah. It's it's very unusual when you're playing another game like, um, God, 
I don't even, not sure what I want to reference here. Like, the, the Vanishing of Ethan Carter is a good example. I've actually ever played that? I've played a little bit. I haven't beaten it. Um, but it's a game where, like, you will just find, like, things in the woods. Where it's like, why is this in the woods at all? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like, newspaper clippings that clearly should have blown away in the wind long yeah. ago. <laughs> Been, like, you know, destroyed by yeah. weather. This house definitely does feel lived in, though. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's done pretty well. It has an internal consistency to it that's often not present because most developers don't haven't set themselves up for a kind of game where you can put literally all of your thought into like a single space and making that space internally coherent. You said earlier that you thought that this game was specifically cinematic to you, and you agree with that, Andy? Yeah, I do feel like the delivery of the story feels closer to that of a movie than most other games. Right. When I said cinematic, I didn't mean it in the traditional sense of like having a game that like looks like a movie. It's not a game masquerading as a movie. It gives you the feeling that you get when you watch a movie more closely than other games. Like the way you experience the narrative of a movie. Okay. And the narrative that's playing in your mind right now, is that the narrative of Sam or the narrative of Katie learning about Sam? Well, this is another thing that good... Oh, actually, I totally misinterpreted what your question was going for there. My my apologies. Uh, (laughs) um, uh, The narrative of this game, I would argue, is that of Sam's, like, self-discovery. And that you're just, like, experiencing it retroactively. Yeah, Katie, I think, just a way to, like, just, like, a window into that story. Mm -hmm. I I don't really think that Katie adds that much. No. I agree. Yeah. And I don't think I like that. Well, okay. This is this is going into a point that I, I spent actually a while of you playing, thinking about. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that there are two major consistency breaks in this game. And I think that they're well implemented and, like, and thought out and, like, deliberate. And one of those is... Uh, is the fact that you can... It, there's no, like, hand model when you pick stuff up. Yeah. And it's the fact that Katie is not intended to add anything to the game itself, but rather as, like, a pseudo-background to the game. You have to understand, and they do it through... Uh, it's like a trophy, and, like, you'll find old school papers that you did... And your stuff that has been packed up and brought to this new house that indicate who you are, and it's because of who you are that you're supposed to understand who Sam is. And they don't want to give too much credit to uh, your character doing things in the house. Right? Yeah. Right. I think it makes sense to like the fact that like Katie never lived there. That there wouldn't be much about her in the house. Right. Of course. So like I'm not saying the inclusion of Katie is like bad or anything, but it w- I think ideally she should have like added a bit more. It's maybe to go into what may be sort of my larger thesis statement here. <laughs> A thesis statement written maybe 30 minutes. Uh, after and the totality of the game is that I, despite also being a person who like enjoys like, like walking simulators as a genre, 
Side note, I really hope someone comes up with a better name for the <laughs> yeah, genre. Yeah, I was thinking about that, too. Because I really want a non-derogatory name for that genre. Yeah, the uh, the genre t- given to this game on Steam and on Wikipedia is adventure exploration, neither of which really give like a good <laughs> description of what you do in this right. game. Yeah. Someone get on that. Yeah. Internet laziness. I almost caught like an interactive novel. Yeah. Or something. But that's already, like, a okay. genre. Yeah. So, like, yeah. you can't use that for this as well. But either way. Interactive narrative. That was all sidebar. <laughs> uh. And that is, while the story that the game tells is good, I really don't know how much this being a video game, like, aided in the telling of that story. Well, the... I mean, it's a good point, and I, I agree with you to, like, some extent. Um, what I was getting at when I was saying there's no, like, hand model, and, like, when you look down, there's nothing, and as Andy pointed out, yeah. there are no mirrors in the house. Yeah. Is that they want you to understand that you're Katie, and that you should be, like, some of these things should be familiar things to you, but they also don't want to take away the feeling of it being you exploring a house. I think that that is what being in a game does for this game is because if you watched... A, like, this story couldn't be told in this way yeah. in any other media. Yeah, it, it's the difference between, like, watching Sherlock Holmes uncover a mystery and you uncovering a mystery. But, as we already established, I thought, and I thought that you guys both agreed with, was that the story that we're thinking of in our mind, the narrative that this game is delivering to us, is a narrative about Sam. Not yeah. a narrative about Katie discovering things about Sam. Right. Because I think that story isn't even interesting. Right. But I don't think that the story That's of, yeah, it's not what it's going for. Well, I, I, think. I think you understand. You, like, that is... Yeah, I yeah, get this isn't fully, like... Yeah. This isn't like Adventure Zone. <laughs> adventure Katie. of Katie. <laughs> I'm saying that she just wasn't even relevant. Right. Well, she's... Yeah, she just, she's only relevant to setting up the game to make it a thing that can happen. Yeah. Everything related to Katie. Katie as a character exists only as a vehicle for, like, distributing information about Sam. Right. There's nothing that she uniquely brought to the table as, like, part of that cohesive story about Sam. Mm-hmm. But the flip side of that is that the story of Sam being told in real time would not only be... It would require a level of detail added to it that this game cleverly gets to avoid yeah. putting in. Yeah. And so the story as it is told in another medium would be quite short. It, like, But if they wanted to draw it out into an acceptable length for some other form, then they have to add in all these things that drown the overall messages and like the feelings you're supposed to have in that like cleverly timed delivery that the game gets away with. They just drown that in minutia. And you end up with all these details about, oh, well, you find a letter that says that, oh, I'm sorry, my mom was being a bitch today. They would have to show her mom being a bitch. And it's like, that's not what's interesting about that. What's interesting about that is the, like, is what happens afterward. Is the fact that this is, they're showing that their relationship has gotten to a point where Sam and Lonnie can, like, joke about that. And they still feel self-conscious about their parents, but they don't want to put it outwardly to the other person. Agreed. And, like, that kind of a feeling just can't be replicated in that... Well, I mean, it can be, but, like, not in the way this game does it. Yeah. 
the kind of environmental storytelling that the game's going for, and what I assume was intended to be the unique feature that is a game rigged to the table, is that no matter how undefined you as a character are, you're, you're just supposed to be there learning about the story by looking at things through the environment. I think, despite it being really well executed, that the, like, played journal logs that happen when you find important features of the world undercuts that. I think, ideally, the best possible version of Gone Home that could exist would either not have those at all, or would only have, like, occasional quips or reactions from Katie that are very small and non-significant. Yeah, I that was the second uh, consistency break that I mentioned earlier. I feel like I kind of disagree with you, but I'll let Chad say what he was going to say first. <laughs> uh, the second consistency break that I mentioned earlier is just that is the fact that those audio logs, we'll put that in quotes, because we just talked about Bioshock, <laughs> it's probably more literal audio logs, yeah. uh, are snippets from a journal that you find at the end of the game. Right. So obviously you're not actually hearing those, and they're not related to the things that you're picking up in any way. You don't pick up a letter and brush the play button on a cassette recorder. Right, right. I'm not saying that, that the recordings like aren't adequately contextualized. Right. What, what I mean saying, is that it's what delivers most of the narrative. And what I'm saying is that they they made the deliberate decision to put those in to keep the game from being such, like, a a quiet sort of... Sl- like, I feel like the atmosphere of the game becomes much more sort of... I want to say, like, downtrodden. Like, you feel... It would be a yeah. more depressing game if you didn't have that context. Yeah, I think that the context is necessary. I can kind of meet you in the middle and say that there were probably too many audio logs, but I still think some are necessary to keep this game from feeling, like, stale in places. Because I feel like if there was just nothing the whole game except for you exploring a house trying to put it all together yourself, while that might sound super appealing to some people, a lot of people would get, like, not even halfway into the game and probably quit. Yeah, like if it was just... Because at some point you would lose direction. Yeah. And you, you wouldn't know exactly what to do. Right, why? Why would you lose direction in the absence of audio logs? The, uh, the logs have a tendency to act as, like, how do I say, checkpoints. And it, they act as, like, beats. Like, it's you, a feeling it's of a progression. Sense of, exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's a sense of progress. And without them, even if you found something that was... Especially... <laughs> This is originally I was gonna argue that the inclusion of the audio logs was largely a tonal decision, but I keep talking and I keep coming up with mechanical reasons for them to exist. Uh, in that, like, when you pick up a piece of paper in this game, there's a lot of reading, and one of the things that I like that the game does is that, like, you do feel like you're picking up a piece of paper and reading it because you run across like a school itinerary. And you read the first line and realize what it is, you fucking put it back. Yeah. Because <laughs> you're not interested. But, like, then there are other ones, like the notes and stuff, that you actually are interested in reading all the lines on. And even if you found something that was important that would have triggered an audio log, you may not have decided that it was important enough to read the entire thing. And the audio log comes in and says, like, hey, like, you found an important thing in this area. Yeah. Like, look at this cool shit. It also gives, like, Sam more of a sense of identity that I feel like the creators probably wanted. Right. That I can get. But all of these, I think, are solutions that, while partially provided by the audio logs, aren't necessarily and exclusively provided by them. Like, 
the house is full of tape players, and they <laughs> implemented the excuse of the guy like reviews, the father reviews like recording equipment as right. a part time job. If they wanted to, they could have just had her literally have journal entries on literally existing tape like tape players and yeah. just make them more sparse. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it is also because in that case, said in nineteen ninety five. And not only that, but it's been, it's a well-documented fact that a lot of, like, teenage kids, particularly teenage girls, kept a journal. Yeah. And, like, it's She was less, a big fan of Doug. It, it's less realistic that she would, like, have a personal recorder to record these thoughts that she would then be speaking aloud in her house with her parents. <laughs> okay. Point. And I can see the appeal of having her as a, as a voiced character existing and being around, but I don't like that most of the narrative wasn't discovered by me and when that was supposed to be what I was doing in the context of the game, discovering a narrative. Right. See, and I can totally see your point, like where that comes from, but I feel like people who are would be like-minded to you or in like a minority of people who are going to play the game. That's fairly like, true. I, I, I don't... My, maybe saying the minority has like too negative of a connotation, but like, I think that's like definitely like a niche audience that wants that. Right. And I feel like they made a couple. I don't know if I want to say concessions in this game. I think at least the, by the way I see it that I picked up on is that there's lots of extra stuff for you to find. You don't have to pay attention to like the mom and the dad's narratives if you don't want to. Yeah. Because like the game, I noticed as you were playing, it's really well designed. In the sense that, like, you'll turn a corner or you'll walk into a room and things that are important stick out. So, like, somebody could just run through it, just experience the main narrative, and probably not hit any roadblocks without having to do, like, any kind of exploring. Mm-hmm. Right. The, yeah. The... And that's... Man, there are a lot of things about that that I want to get into. Yeah. Not that I disagree with any of that. Um, but, I mean... So, I say, I feel like they had that in mind... That they're like, they want this to be really accessible, and they don't want to just market it to that niche audience. Right. I, and, I mean, I, and I definitely don't fully disagree with your position on it, JJ, because, like, so, like, at this point, I feel like I'm, I'm sort of playing de- or Gainer's advocate. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, sure Steve Gainer's advocate. <laughs> yeah, especially with such like, a small budget game, like, I feel like that was probably the right decision. Yeah. I, I certainly don't disagree with you. Uh, that I feel like the game's like overall goal is muddy, is muddied a little bit by the fact that they literally tell you things outright through the audio. Mm-hmm. But I think that as an experience, it enhances it at least for someone who isn't who doesn't want to like keep a notebook <laughs> of like details to like draw the connections themselves. Sure, it, albeit it would be fairly interesting to see a version of this game. With, like, a toggle that just, like, audio logs on and off. It would not be very difficult to implement, but... Well, yeah, but part of the the problem and the reason that you couldn't do that, at least with this game that actually exists, is because I think you'll just miss information, right? I mean, I, I was just playing it, so it's not like I kept a tally here of where exactly you learned what things. Right. But I'm presuming that there's stuff in the audio logs that is extremely important that you only know about through those audio logs. Yeah. Like, I don't think... You would never have known that they kissed, right? That right. would have never been a thing. Yeah. And right. th- that is... Th- that is honestly probably one of the strongest arguments 
for them in general is just because like that like some of those have such like very it, powerful it's like in them. ideally you could probably whittle it down to just a couple of those like really important right like moments and then you could even do it with like cassette tapes mm-hmm. like if you really wanted to <laughs> go forward with this version that we're the, describing the here. full immersion yeah. version the immer- yes gotta have the immersion, immersion version yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh but that, that being said, they are very well voice acted as well. They are, yeah. yes. Yeah, the girl Sam's play, voice actor is... She sells it. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. perfectly. She pretty much, like, is the game. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but to be my point is that I think she's, she's most of the game in, in the version of the game that exists now. Mm. There was, in relation to her voice acting abilities, one of the strongest moments that I think was mostly just, like, hinted through her VO at the time when I picked up the last clue in the plant room. Uh, was I forget what it was specifically, but there was like something in her tone of voice that made, that made me think, and it occurred to me for the first time, like, "Oh shit, she's gonna kill herself!" And that was my guess at the time of what was going I was going to find in the attic. And so I sprinted up there the second that I had the thought. Yeah. You were among friends. Yeah, uh, we yeah. all thought that. I don't know if this is like a common thing or if we're just really morbid people. If it was an intended thing. Hell yes. I, mean, yeah. I, I bet yeah. that's intended. Yeah, in fact, if it is intended, and the fact that we're debating whether or not it's intended speaks to its success. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, like, that, I would be... the whole last, like, I want to say 20 minutes of the game really... Take like, a it, shift? Yeah, it gives you, like, a drive to continue, which is so necessary because at that point you hit the end of the house. Like, yeah. Yeah. You've, ex- you've hit every room, and then it's just like... The like you find like the 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 phone call message mm-hmm, you yeah. like the log about the phone call, which you heard at the beginning of the game. Yeah. Uh, then like the <laughs> the possession uh, pentagram room. Definitely want to come back to that. It's a little weird. Yeah. yeah. And then like immediately it's like attic key. You know the attic's important already. Right. And like so it gives you like motivation to like go back right and, and you probably have already been like waiting to go up there since you saw it earlier in the yeah. game yeah i never actually checked it i never i never realized that it was locked for a long time oh, yeah. yeah yeah i saw that you looked up i wasn't sure if you would actually like nope i never, tried the trigger out or not no because i was worried it was so it was one of those sequences in games where we've been trained Particularly in a game like this, where like discovery of the environment is so important, Just to check everything. Yeah, because we, it's it's an it's like a discovered game. You're incentivized to kind of not behave in like a perfectly narratively cohesive way because you don't want to miss anything because you want as much of the narrative as possible. So like I saw the attic the first time with all the lights and all the messages and keep out and everything, and thought this is important. Don't go here. Go somewhere else first. Be back. <laughs> like, clear out a thing 100% before you go to the next room. Yeah. 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 That's, uh... <laughs> this game is actually full of lampshades, uh, in the term meaning, like, they realize that people are gonna do things that are unnatural, and so they, like, they, call they jab out. at you. Yep. Yeah, like, you leave all the lights in the house, you're almost as bad as your sister. And it's like at that point, if you just turned around and looked down the stairs and realized that just like every light in the house was on. Wait, what? I missed this no, completely. Yeah, what are you on the about? on the bulletin board, there's like a note that says, "Sam, quit leaving all the lights on. You're the bad as your on. sister." Oh, this genius. Yeah. 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 yeah, but that's the funny thing about when I was playing it is I turned off all the lights <laughs> and I left the rooms. <laughs> 
but the house is so creepy without any of the lights on. I left. I mean, like, I probably left like some like the hallway lights and stuff on. But like, when I left a room, I turned off the light and closed the door <laughs> because, like, it was because at the beginning of the game, I had like a hard time like getting in the right mindset for I don't know what reason. Because right. like, I kept walking into we rooms. Really know what. To expect going right now, I knew so. nothing about this game, yeah. so I would go into rooms and it would be dark, and like I would just be like trying to like look around. Like it wasn't so dark, I couldn't see, but it was dim, and I would just be like looking around and not being able to see things very well. And then like I would like stumble upon a lamp and be like, "Oh, finally a lamp! Yeah. Turn it on and be able to see better." And then Chad was like, "Treat it like you're actually in a house. Like if you walk into a room with the light off, turn the light on." For some reason, like, I didn't, wasn't already thinking that way. Right. So, like, at that point, I was like, okay, I'm going to act like a person in an actual house. And I would, you know, would, like, go into a room, turn the light on. When I left, I'd turn it off and close the door. Right. <laughs> See, and that's, that's funny, because actually, it shows sort of what you are, or who you are as a person. Yeah, not because born I, a barn. No barn yeah, born. No. But I, like, when I'm in, like, my house, I just turn the lights on and just fucking leave them. Unless, like, it's actively bothering me and then I turn it Right, well, I think, yeah, like, that's something I've noticed, just living with, like, Daniel. Right. It's because he just leaves, th- like, things he uses, like... Around. Just, yeah, leaves them around, <laughs> leaves the lights on, you know. And I was very not, very much not like that. And I think it's just because my parents were always like, turn the lights off, turn the TV <laughs> off, and leave the room. <laughs> Which I think comes from their parents who were, like, Depression era, you know. Makes yeah. sense, yeah. Yeah, it's great. Another, uh, and which is another thing I think the game does very well, which is like, once you're in the right headspace, it doesn't jar you from it. Like it, it, it does. Like it has some moments, especially with like some of the jokes and things that are in the game, <laughs> oh, which can kind that. of kick you out of it. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, like you sort of just are walking around a house, like, doing what you would do if you had no idea what was going on. I didn't, I didn't do that at all. Just for reference, I walked around the house the whole time, like, I was playing someone searching for facts about Sam. I, I walked Like you were a, a detective? I went mostly left to right, circular, around rooms, <laughs> looking for all the, like, the drawers and interactable objects. I left shit strewn on the floor. That's true. All over the place. Well, I did reach a point where, like... I just wanted to throw things around because I thought it was funny. I picked up a die and wanted to know if they actually landed on different numbers and somehow got ambiguous results. You'd think that would be easy to test for. Right. Well, it's just the way that Unity uses, or, like, operates with, uh, like, objects. Because, like, it doesn't... The physics engine is not robust enough to, like, mimic the actual, like, act of rolling the die. You just have the die suspended in front of you and then it just applies a forward... Force like to arc, it. yeah, and then you, yeah, and then it falls occasionally to the it will fall on a different number. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if nothing obstructs it, it will likely land in the same way because it meets the friction of the ground. Unity is really good at like simulating the physics of ghost games, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess uh, yeah, while have, there's a ghost, like a haunted, just to I was just going to bring this up. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, I was saying like while we were discussing the topic of like our how we experience the game, right. Is I like that board game, like Ghost in the House, I think it's called. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, I don't know about you guys, but when I'm playing it, like, I was, like, in the back of my mind kept thinking, like, waiting for it to take, like, a paranormal turn. Oh, right? yeah. Or, like, a murder, like, mystery turn. So yeah. I just think that's a 
funny, like, meta uh, I, I find it kind of entertaining that um, if you Google this game, there are a lot of... Because I just did, because I had to get the information for the intro. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, if you Google this game, there are a lot of, like, forum posts and things of people asking if the game is scary. And yeah. I find that... I feel like that had to have been an intentional decision in terms of what limited marketing this game did. Like, what it put itself out on its Steam page, on, like, promotional posts online. Because if you go into the game knowing nothing, I feel like you get a the, like, experience that was intended for you. Whereas if you go in expecting a horror game, you're going to be miserably disappointed. And if you go in thinking that it might be a horror game, then suddenly you're a lot more cautious. Yeah, and there's then it, tension there. It gives you the like kind of creepy feeling that an old empty house with all the lights off is supposed to give you. Yeah, they were definitely trying to... I don't know the word for this strategy, but a lot of different games use it. So when you try and like shift your feelings under a certain attitude in response to certain stimuli like into new and different contexts to try and say that you've now recontextualized the feeling. Mm-hmm. Practically speaking, like in this game, they in all the marketing uh, and all the ways you first encounter the house and all the, you know, lights off, strange creaks and noises. Thunderstorm. It's all yeah. supposed to make you like scared and on edge, but they want you to feel scared and on edge because you think that that's what Katie's supposed to feel like in the situation. Like, they're trying to shift from, I'm scared because spooky ghost house, to I'm scared because I where's my yeah. sister. So they're trying to, like, intentionally conflate those two as much as possible. Right. And they do a pretty good job. The, the rain that you mentioned is actually an interesting thing that I was thinking about while uh, I was watching both of you play. But, like, just sort of integrated into my playthrough of the game as if it was nothing, and I think is intended... I like that the rain sort of serves a dual purpose in, like... You can't see out the window. Yeah, you can't go... They obviously have to then model everything outside. Like, from a design perspective, it gives the player reason to not go outside. And also, like, it, like the constant rain and thunder sounds give you that sort of eerie, ominous tone. But it also just gives, a like, a, a soundtrack. Like, it puts noise where there literally would be nothing. Like, just a silent, like, footsteps walking. Well, there are, like, those, like, rising hums every now and again, right? Well, those are those are intended to be, like, house noises. There's the sound like of, like, a furnace kicking on. Yeah, yeah the AC oh. playing, clocks ticking. I mean, I got like some that. of those things, but I thought that that hum specifically... I, this, I guess this makes perfect sense in retrospect. It sounded almost exactly like the opening to the opening track of Braid. So I just thought it was music like that. Uh, it was like a... I believe that they intended it to just be the sounds of a house. Oh. But there is a sort of music to that if you want it to be an artsy-fartsy douchebag. Sure, I like arts and farts and douches and bags. <laughs> I do like all those things. Uh, <laughs> um, I like arts. It's yeah. gonna be on the yeah. grave. Yeah. I, I, I like, like arts. arts. <laughs> uh, martial arts. The, the actually, um... <laughs> <laughs> the concept of liking martial arts oh, yeah. is just hysterical to us. <laughs> Dude, martial arts, you're gonna get into the combats. Um, <laughs> the knife. Knife fighting yeah. Yeah, simulation. Um, in stark contrast to the... Uh, I'm gonna ignore it. <laughs> in stark contrast to the audio logs... 
or whatever we're calling them, the diary entries. Yeah. Um, and how we debated that the uh, existence of those made sort of detract from the game. Depending Not, on what you want. Yeah. Yeah. It, it detracts, I guess, from the immersion slightly. Um, the exact opposite, though, is that the game expresses its tone impressively well with no words. Like, even with just objects in the room, there aren't words, obviously. There's text and stuff. Yeah, and that's, no spoken that's words. That's very yeah, Without spoken words, even without some of the written text, there are things that are just inherently funny or inherently creepy. And the game does such a good job, just room to room, of like giving you their intended feeling without having to express it in any other yeah, way. There is like a visual story in a lot of the rooms. Yeah. It, they're, they're visual, like, there's narrative implications for the visuals, there's tonal implications for the visuals, and it's, I don't know, it's something that I very rarely see. Yeah, th- the fact that they had, like, a limited space really let them, like, flesh out all the rooms, which yeah. is a strength of the game, I think. I am ready to bring this up, and this is gonna sound so strange, but I found the plant room, like, so jarring. Not not in a bad way at all, in an, like, an absolutely a good way. But like, I opened the door to like the where all the plants are, right. the like the makeshift greenhouse. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and I was like, "Whoa, whoa, where am I? Yeah. Everything has changed." <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, like it really. I, I hope that that was also personally intentional as well, because it really set the stage for when I got to the end of that room and thought she might have committed suicide and began like the rush of panic. It's it also like, like his like pseudo office as well, because he's got like a desk. It's his happier right? office. He's no yeah. longer like in his cramped right. dark room. You can do better. There's right. sunlight in there. <laughs> yeah, I have plants and happiness. Yeah. But when I got there, I didn't even contextualize it by that because I felt that way as soon as I opened the door. I didn't know that there was a typewriter in the room right. or anything at that point at all. I was just like. What's going to happen? Yeah, it is kind of an unusual thing to just have a greenhouse attached to your house. I feel like it's definitely part of... uh, I I think that that's a a reaction that is not only expected, but is intentional, because when, as Katie, you have never been in this house before, you were like, what? (laughs) (laughs) There's a greenhouse here? Yeah. I mean, assuming that your parents didn't, like... Tell you there was a greenhouse right? Yeah. But, I mean, they would have had to have mailed it to you, so... The greenhouse? They would have mailed it the mail, the, yeah, they would have had to have mailed the greenhouse. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> that is what it sounded like you were saying. I mean, they would have had to have mailed that information to you, which seems like right. something so you, you would probably would have... Yeah. yeah. No, but speaking of, like, jarring room enterings... <laughs> Oh, in this game. I didn't know what I was talking about. Yeah, um, whenever you go through the secret corridor there at the end, you find the pentagram. <laughs> and I'm like, like, that like freaked me out. What? <laughs> Why? It, I mean, it is, it's given context, yeah. sort of. Yeah. But it is like, it's a step beyond a Ouija board when you like draw a chalk pentagram on the table and try yeah, to evoke you just, the spirits of you a You just dead like guy. turn the corner and I mean, there's just like pentagram. Sure, sure. It's a step beyond in a secret what, room. It's a step beyond Ouija board, but and you they're think both you're, you're, like your awesome punk rock lesbians who don't care about authority or anything. True, and a lot of the like. But the pentagrams fun... aren't like associated with punk rock. Yeah, punk rockers are not. A Cult. <laughs> okay. It's associated with metal. 
but they don't like is metal. Not with punk. <laughs> sure, I'm just saying that they didn't put an anarchy A on the table. <laughs> <laughs> and they tried to summon the ghost of Sid Vicious. <laughs> I'm just saying if you asked... picked up that photo and like put it up, it and it's Sid just Sid Vicious in the fucking locker and stuff. <laughs> Whatever. I'm sorry. Yeah, like, like I can flate all those awful yeah. children with their bad person music. But uh, no, like Chad said, it is like vaguely hinted at. But I thought it was really unexpected. It's not, when it's I found not vague it. at all. They like their whole relationship. Like a lot of the things that they do, and all the keys that you find to the rest of the house is they're like, oh, they did Ouija board shit. Oh, we're looking for ghosts. But oh, like ghosts Chad, up. like yeah. Chad already said, it's a pretty big step from Ouija board <laughs> to summoning some. Thing with a pentagram. Well, I guess today we've learned that I just assume everyone who likes yeah. punk rock to summon things with pentagrams. Uh, yeah. There's, no, no, step for there's that. no connection there at all. I assume, punk rock and pentagrams. I assume the children. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to draw, draw a line in the sand and say. And then you're going to draw a second line. And, and then another line. Right, yeah. And make a pentagram. And make a pentagram and then summon the spirit of Sid Vicious. Um. <laughs> Good lord. Um, I'm, I'm drawing a line, I'm going to say that I think it was a little bit jarring and a little bit of a step up, but I also think that it is totally understandable that, like, two teenage kids oh, no, it would makes, do this. I think yeah. it doesn't make any sense. It's just weird yeah, to it's, walk in It on. is jarring to stumble upon. It'd be interesting if you were, instead of being in... <laughs> they really put me in Katie's shoes. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. It would be really interesting if you weren't in Katie's shoes, but instead were playing one of her parents. Oh, like, what is the parental reaction to that? <laughs> I am assu- I'm assuming very negative. Well, the, the parents don't even know there are any secret rooms in the house, right? Or yeah, secret it's, things, or... The I, only one that they could... That I think that they might even know about is the one that's in their closet. Because <laughs> that one's not necessarily implied to, like, be, like, a hiding place. That's just a thing with right. storage. I, I kind of got the impression that the parents don't know. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm just saying it's possible. That would right, be the yeah. only one. They certainly don't like, know about the panels personal implied hate for punk rock that we've now revealed. <laughs> I thought it was actually kind of adorable when, like, you're like, we're gonna do it here, and then if you get there and I assume to be something, I don't know, like, sexual or whatever, and you get back there and they had, like, their cute little pentagram. <laughs> the cute little <laughs> pentagram. <laughs> I thought it was adorable. I'm sorry. I was like, oh, this is uh, totally the culmination of their relationship. Oh, trying to, like, I thought it was just freaky. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna side with JJ on that. However, I, mean, I will like, not side with JJ retros- on the idea of a cute little <laughs> pentagram. Because <laughs> you turn up the picture of the guy and you don't know what to expect at the time. It's just this like stupid, ugly oh, dentist old person. Dude, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, the the house is called the Psycho House, and there's a newspaper clipping about the guy. But I didn't read it. Oh well, yeah, super I never long. actually got that. Why is it called the Psycho House? Did the guy do? So- this is something that we. The probably- guy died. Are we expressing our complete ignorance of part of the story? I can't. Right now? I can't remember. I feel like there was a, like a reason. Like I think that there was a thing. I really let's look it up. Fuck you too, Cosmo. So why is it called the Psycho House? It's called the Psycho House because the person who owned it was psycho. Oh, yeah. oh good, wow. good Google. <laughs> Never would have guessed. High quality Google. Yeah, he just Googled, why is house called Psycho House? <laughs> why is house? Why, why is, is house? house? <laughs> um, Thanks for your faith. Yeah, 
So, but no, the actual information was just like he actually had like a mental issue. Yeah. And the game takes place in 1995 where people don't treat mental disabilities like a disease. Right. <laughs> May have abused the husband in the game. Whatever. Right. Yeah. Which actually, that's, that's like, I don't know. I, I don't know. I think that I can probably just talk about this briefly. I'm not 100% sure if this is going to start a whole thing. It's on the Wikipedia page. Right. But, I mean, not about that, I guess. Yeah. But um, the dad possibly being abused sort of recontextualizes his part of the story. Because each of the parents has sort of their own thing going on. Um, but the dad is largely sort of characterized as just an author who had, like, one moderately successful book and, like, a very poorly received follow-up and then did small things in the meantime and yeah. just has basically failed as an author. Um, and like, it should, also, like, he's implied to be an alcoholic. Right. Yeah. And they, uh, and like, you, you have that whole, like, there's a letter from his dad, like, basically bashing his book and telling him that it's not very good. Um, which makes you feel sort of bad for him. And then, additionally, at the end, you kind of get this sort of looking up ending where, like, he's been found by a, uh, small but dedicated plugged-in group of bibliophiles, <laughs> all hyphenated, <laughs> uh, in a letter from, like, just a, a publisher that publishes strange books, and then he's, like, sort of found a niche. But the story of Sam doesn't lend a lot of sympathy to the father, because... Right. Or the e- either of the parents. Yeah. All, yeah. Because they are just completely... They... And it's... It's implied that they don't understand, really, how to deal with their kids and their right. own problems at the same you time. You find that book in the father's study that's like, how to deal with your teenage k- right. kid. Like, he, yeah, he wants a solution. He obviously wants to be able to, like, be a normal father to his kid. And then they're having their own issues, and they're not focused on, like, raising their child. And then when it actually comes to fruition when they realize what's going on they're just not accepting of it they don't want to they, it was such a wrench in their plans that like they just don't accept it and that it's just such like a non it, it's I don't but, know how but to... they don't tie in very well it's like the the dad the moms and the mom stories are both separate from Sam's, and they're both separate from each other's. Right. They they merge once you find it evidence that they're spending their honeymoon going to some right, kind of counseling yeah. retreat. Right. But they are definitely separate. I'm glad you brought up that that like stranger in your house teenager book. Yeah. I don't. I we don't actually. Know. <laughs> JJ, point at me when you say that. Okay. Point. I'm pointing okay, at Andy yeah, Kinnick right it, now. Let it be known. Because <laughs> Andy Kinnick. <laughs> yes. Uh, that we don't actually know the timeline at, at which that book was purchased, right? right? Right. Well, I think it's kind of implied that like Katie was like the good normal child. Oh yeah, <laughs> which makes it like even worse. For Absolutely. Sam, like, her you find style. her uh, little old sex ed class paper, and it's, it's the most check normal. plus. Yeah, it's the noblest thing, and she's just a fine person. But the thing that I find interesting Got about it, that book yeah. is that the like the stranger in your in your house stuff at the time, whether it was like, oh, she's just a teenager who's into rock and her parents don't like that. Right. But the concept of that book was also in response to, like, her sexuality and makes it right. a lot more interesting at the time. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. 
it's so hard to describe like exactly how you how the game makes you feel. Yeah. Because like it, it is such a subjective thing. Because it's so understandable that the parents would be like stressed out and not like able to fully engage with their kid, but at the same time it's like they don't see the importance of like what she's going through mm-hmm. and it's uh, it it doesn't lend them a lot of sympathy through Sam's lens. Yeah. Right. But you get a lot of sympathy through their own lenses. Yeah, it's I like found three myself different people yeah. living in a house and they just don't <laughs> want to interact with them each other anymore. Right. I find myself sympathizing with the dad a lot. Cuz there's just like a couple little pieces of evidence that like suggest that he like cares. Right. Yeah. Which like I found really effective like that book. Meanwhile there's evidence that like the mom is He's, like, having an yeah, affair. Yeah, it's, like, distancing herself. Yeah. yeah. Did I miss a beat in that story? Like, Maybe. Because I got... Because, obviously, the we're going to go to counseling together thing suggests, you know, hints of a happy ending in the plant room. Uh, but you can see, like, with the in the father's story, you had the arc of, you know, successful, things are going down, you know, and then you get republished, and then, you know, was trying mm-hmm. to make our family better again. But with the mother's story... It's just like, oh, I got a new job. It's so great. I found Rick and or Rich. I already forget his name. Uh, we Rich. Yeah, and then and then you find the other note from a friend that's like, oh, how was the time you two spent together? Jen. Carol. Carol uh, is Carol. a bitch. Carol's a total bitch. <laughs> stereotypical bitch to the T. Yeah, yeah, bitch friend. That's a very well-established stereotype. Yeah. Yes. Carol but, is just totally fine with aiding and abetting a possible affair. Right? <laughs> <laughs> she encourages Carol. <laughs> But, like, there's no note after that that I missed, right? Um, I think you missed one letter from Carol, I, I don't think remember. Th- there's probably something you missed, since it seems like there's a... Way I know shittier. in the kitchen, there was a desk that you just totally passed by. by and didn't look at. Of course. So, that might have been where it was. That's yeah. my guess. I, I feel like the, the one story thing that doesn't have a rational conclusion, and probably the one thing that, like, does the whole story with the mom is the one thing that I feel like you would not just be finding laying around. Like, why yeah, did she, she leave a yeah. letter it's like explicitly referencing a possible affair sure, laying sure. around where somebody yeah. could see it? But, like, that the affair storyline never really gets closed up. We don't right. know what's going on with Richard. We know that she gets the job. She, gets, she does really well on a controlled burn. She gets put in charge, and then she, like, meets this rich guy... Uh, oh, this guy named, named Rich. Rich. <laughs> <laughs> this wealthy guy named Rich. <laughs> Richie Rich. Richie Rich. Uh, and, like, gives him an overinflated, like, review, like, employee review, and then goes to an Earth, Wind, and Fire concert with him. And it's like, and then who knows? <laughs> yep. Yeah. No, yeah. I feel like, yeah, the dad story had closure. Yeah. Or some amount of closure. Yeah, that was one of my big. If I had to make a complaint with this game, is that that storyline isn't tied up, right? Yeah. Or like tied in as much. Yeah, as I, I would have liked. That's super interesting to hear you say. Like, if I had to make a complaint, because like I w- wouldn't like we said with Portal, yeah. like this is a perfect yeah. game. I, I would never a, argue that this is a perfect no, game, my, but I, what it sets out to do 
It's so small in scope that it just nails yeah. what it wants to do. It's really satisfying to play through. I Except think. the potential issue of audio logs breaking and murdering. <laughs> I we haven't gotten to anything close to final thoughts yet, and it'll be a while until we get there. Yeah, but I just thought it was all right. Mm-hmm. I kind of felt like that's how you would feel about it. <laughs> okay. I mean, I would never. This is what I want to start the next half with. So okay. guess what we're yeah. gonna do? Panda uh, Bear Madness Minute. So close. We're gonna take a break. Um, how do you feel about the map? I saw you checking the map a lot. It's actually a really fucking good question. Yeah, I, ca- I didn't use it. Yeah, I actually hated the fact that you did use it. <laughs> <laughs> the house. I didn't hate you for using the map, and I can totally understand why the map is in the game. Game prompts you to use the map. Yeah, it, it, I don't. In like many ways, yeah. This is a big issue that I, I take with it. The, the house isn't big enough. To like need one, and the whole point of the game and is the to fact, like, like, look through the yeah, house and, and figure out where Katie things are. Would not have a map of this house. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, you missed the note that explains that Katie was actually the architect who uh, built the house. Well, she had the blueprint because like of her. they, no, they no, could have gotten around noise. that by like having it be like, a hand drawn map that she's making as she goes through the house. But that's so. Stupid. That's also weird. <laughs> <laughs> but that would have made more sense than just having a floor plan well, of that house. Yeah, and additionally, but it. Those others go, right? You keep going through the yes. house. Right. And additionally, nobody leaves. Secret panel, fine. Every other instance where there's a hand-drawn map on a note, no one does that. <laughs> You're not like, here is This, this is where thing. we'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, they would just say, we're going to do it in the secret panel by the foyer. But like, to the right of the stairs by the in the foyer. Yeah. And it's like... No one would. That would accomplish the exact same thing. That's what words are for. So you don't have to do well, the drawings. They you have to draw a diagram. They are like that's very much a part of their relationship, though, is that they always like draw things. So yeah, they other. do, but not like maps. <laughs> yeah, sure. Cute note drawings. I like cute map drawing. Yeah. Either way, uh, yeah, I, I I do not like the fact that there's a map. At all. And it's not even like it's maze-like at all. Like, right. it's just like a house. Yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, and the, I could even forgo the map, especially like if you play the game in two settings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you, like, wanted to pick up the game, check the map, contextualize where you are, kind of remember where things are, and then keep going. I can, I can find plenty of arguments for its inclusion. But I do not like the fact that they mark the secret rooms on the map. Well, that was the whole reason I used it. I know. I don't but, like that either. I but I feel like the like <laughs> it takes away the like one with the exception of entering combinations into locks. Yeah. The one like you as you, the player, using your brain to do something presented to you in an abstract way. Which is something that I just like in games. Sure. It was still like one of my favorite moments of the game for me. But that was just I think my Metroid brand going off, where I right. went down into these rooms and backtracked and now had, like, recontextualizing the environment that I was in and being like, oh, it turns out I never noticed, but if you pulled off this panel, there was just some stuff there. Right. Also, you doing... can do that okay. if you haven't found the net. Good. Uh, you can speedrun this game in 47 seconds. 
that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah barely you can just walk in the front door, move the side panel, get the key, and walk upstairs? Yes. Okay. Yeah. It's, re- it's really funny. I remember, uh, like, just seeing that and being like, <laughs> So I guess not really funny. But it's what people were they, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't, yeah, I just like the idea that, like, you find the picture, realize where it is, and then just go do it. Yeah. yeah. Why not? They already have an inventory screen. Why not just, like, keep the thing that has the picture in the inventory? I'm not even 100% sure why there's an inventory screen. I, I used that, too. What did I check? Oh, I, I, the checked, locker, you looking, I checked the locker combination. You were looking at the instructions. Yes, I was looking to try and figure out... Because if there's one theme that I have in my life, it's that me using, like, generic combination locks... Is just the biggest bitch. I can never, <laughs> ever use those correctly. I there's always like turn past the X and then do it twice. Uh, do, yeah, the y. Just the like those direction. instructions, they were true to real life locker combinations. Uh, so I was trying to memorize that part, and then you just put in the numbers because it's a video game. Right. Honestly, I would have loved it if like there was just like a use the left analog stick to roll the combination lock mm-hmm. thing for that. And also, you just had to remember that the first note was zero, and the other ones were five zero and one. Like Spoilers: If you haven't played the game, don't put that combination in. You explore. Yeah. You mess. Yeah. You cheating mess. Yeah. I think it seems even like less necessary because none of those things are like hard to do. Right. Like it's not hard to like be like, oh, this is where the secret compartment is. It's not then hard to go find it. Like, it you was... don't need it to be marked on the map. There was, even with the map, I, because I am a dumb person with no spatial awareness, apparently, <laughs> I kept getting one of the two incorrect. It was the one near, like, the, where the dad does the typing with his, like, you can do better message, like yeah. that typewriter. You still could have figured it out. Oh, yeah. Easily could have done it. There are even some visual cues, since yeah. they stick like, out a little bit. I feel like it's just completely unnecessary. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is, this, all of this, though I'm less critical of it than something like the, the played audio logs completely falls in line with that desire of the game where it's just pure. Yeah. You know, it's kind of, it's kind of funny that we like picked up on different things about the game that we wish were more immersive. Where yeah. It's like, I don't like that there's a map and I don't like they mark things on the map, but you don't like their audio logs, but I would leave them in even if I took <laughs> the map out. Yeah. It's, it, it's a bit inconsistent, I guess, in my opinion, but like, it just, I don't know. It, I think that's a personal thing just because yeah. I enjoy the feeling of like, seeing something in the environment and then, like, doing, like, the applied logic of, right. like, figuring out where things are. Is that, that was, yeah, like you I said, not even sa- difficult. Yeah, I fall on the same side as you on that. Yeah. But, uh, no, what I, was, what I was actually going to go into um, was the use of, like, sound in this game, which we talked about a little bit with, like, the rain and, like, the sounds of the mm-hmm. thing. But specifically, the fact that they got, like, some people together, I guess... To just record, like, a garage band. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, a, like a very 90s tape-recorded garage band demos just scattered throughout the house. Just, like, even if it isn't, like, the most uh, immersive or, like, set, like, sensible thing to just find laying around in, like, the sewing room, <laughs> it's still, like, amusing and cute, and I like it. That they just had, like, that in there. <laughs> Me I thought, too. I, I, I didn't know if I was reading into that situation or not, 
But I, when I was in the sewing room, I thought that it was there because it was like her mother's room. Right. Right, that's where she goes to have fun. And I was like, oh, let's see what her mom listens to. Dun, 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 Because yeah. I, as you kept reminding me, kept not looking at the tapes before just like putting them yeah. in the tape player. Right. Because I was being like a curious little child. And so that one kind of got me. Well, yeah, I but. think, like, at least this is the way I read into it, is that, like, Sam just, like, with childlike wonderment, it, like, explored this house, and that's how she found all of the secret passages and stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. And, like, so she just messes around in all the rooms. Well, I believe it's implied... Stuff. Yeah. It, it's implied that it's her and Lonnie. Um, yeah. And that's how they sort of bonded. Because, like, she outright didn't... Like, Sam didn't like the house. Until Lonnie expressed an interest in it, right, and then they started to explore it. Oh, and that's, that's I never picked up on that. That's a that's a good feature yeah. that Lonnie made her appreciate the house. Yeah, there are lots of like little touches like that, and um, it's helped by the fact that the game is gated in such a way mm-hmm. that like you just know where or you, you like they know where you're going to find things, and so like even those songs follow the mood of the game at the time. So, like, you, when you listen, like, the first tape, I think, is by a different band, but the majority of the tapes that you find are by Girl Scout, which is Todd's band, in quotes. Uh, I really gotta know what's funny. (laughs) You said it, I'm sorry, you said it matches the tone of the game at the time, so I'm just picturing, like, Gone Home Punk Edition, (laughs) everything matches the tone of the music at all times. And it's far closer to the Hopgoblins than... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. continue. Flip that around the other way. Um, But yeah, it's Todd's band that Lonnie started singing for. And it's like... They recorded several songs that were kind of like... Just punk ready song like Rebelling Against School. Yeah. Uh, Cool Schmool. Cool Schmool. (laughs) But, uh, like, when you get, like... There's a part in the game where it's like they're getting in trouble all the time and their parents are, like, disapproving of what they're doing. And you find these, like, a tape and the song is, like, very angry in comparison. Like, the previous one had, like, the light, sort light, in quotes, <laughs> like, surf rock guitar by Cool Schmuel does. Yeah. And that one is just all, like, fast, like, blast beats. And then there's, um, Some Special, which is the, like, the, the song that actually plays, like, gentle chords and is like a slower song in comparison and that's right after you discover that Lonnie is leaving right and so like it expresses that she's now feeling sad right and like that's the yeah and it even sets it up that way for like the first cassette it's like the room where you find out that like she has this crush right. on the girl who sings in a punk rock band so it's like she's listening to punk rock right because Lonnie likes it yeah it's never really implied like explained if uh Sam, like, actually participates in the same sort of, like, culture. Like, she's inspired to be rebellious because of the fact that she doesn't feel accepted well, by people. she has the, like, the poster on her closet that's, yeah, like, We don't know when that went up. True. See, so. I, I was thinking, if, if anything would be evidence of her actually participating in the culture, it was those little fake magazine covers that ended up getting her in trouble. Oh, the zine, yeah. yeah. That, that's a zine that she and Lonnie made together. Sure. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's not a thing, and, and like, especially in those years where, like, your tastes are a lot more developmental, mm-hmm. like, she could genuinely, like, have, you know, gotten to that point anyway, but, like, it is, like, the connection that sort of brings the two together, and, like, you see, like, through the music, and then through the rebellious attitude that they discover that 
They don't really care about what other people want them to do, and they just want to do what they want to do, which of course culminates in the yeah. ending yeah. scene where they run away. This may be non-cast content. Am I, am I ridiculous for thinking that it was ridiculous that they like got in huge trouble for distributing the zine? We don't know the content of the zine. Sure. Because they said in, like, the the, tr- the In Trouble note, <laughs> yeah. says, like, uh, distributing inappropriate material. Right. That could include basically anything with curse words in it. But it could also be just in reference to the zine. Itself. Well, no, I mean, it, it is in reference to the zine. But, like, if the zine just had a curse word in it, a school would consider that inappropriate, yeah. uh, inappropriate material. Sure. So I, I, that was just, like, the, yeah, one of the two audible things yeah. that I ever said while playing this game was one of them was, like... After looking at that and the pink slip and the note yeah. from the dad, I was just, I immediately, like, hated everyone else involved because I didn't think that she should have gotten in trouble for distributing that, like, you know, stupid little punk thing. Right. Or, obviously, anything else presented. Yeah, so. you have to put yourself in that high school mindset where right. you would totally get in trouble for that. <laughs> yeah. And additionally, like, it's been, like, it was, like, talked about in the game that she's also, like... In school, she's considered, like, a problem child. Yeah. Because she doesn't treat her assignments seriously. And, and writes, you know, really good prose instead of... Right. Yeah. That's actually... I'm curious, and this might not be cast content because it might just be too stupid. Yeah. yeah. But I'm curious if uh, the people who wrote this game are fans of Watchmen. Because... <laughs> this is exactly what I'm saying. Sam's journal. <laughs> Here's the thing that, like, uh, the, the thing that they clued me in, I'm not, like, 100% convinced of it. This is my crazy theory. Chad's crazy theory corner. All right. Uh, the Allegra, the Captain Allegra and First Mate stories that you find, uh, yeah? as you go through, are, like, tied, like, completely with the narrative of the story. It's like a I very... I never thought about this. Yeah. It is a very, like literal description of Sam growing up from a child when she writes the first one, which is hilarious, uh, into the, like, you know, like, becoming really close with someone. Yeah. And then the literal transformation of that person from a man into a woman. Oh, yeah. They nailed, like, that specific one where the transformation happened, that was so spot on for, like, awkward mid-teens fiction that I write about the feelings that I have. Just a oh. perfect amount of, like, awkward... Yeah. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, like, all of that mirrors the plot so well. And it's got the aquatic, like, pirate theme yep. going on. Yep. The the Black Freighter, like, side story in Watchmen that was just, like, the last four pages of every other issue does the same thing. Yeah. It's, like, a literal description of what's happening in the plot, and it's a pirate story, and it works alongside the main narrative. Well, it's email Steve Gainer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like I never would have picked up on that on my own, but I feel like you're totally right. <laughs> like, I feel like that's definitely inspired by Watchmen. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, but those are, one, really good. I really like those, like the Allegra stories. Mm-hmm. However, I do think that they exemplify one of the problems that I do have with this game uh, in the fact that some of the written content might be a little bit too long. It. In a game where a lot of what you do is walk from room to room and read everything in it, reading for way too long on one thing 
takes you away from the act of exploring, I think, a little bit. Sure. Like, I, that's, I, I think this might yeah. be just slightly... I feel like that's also just going to come down to personal preference. Right. Mm-hmm. And, like, how fast you read and a bunch of other factors. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I, you're definitely onto something, I think, that's fair to say. Do you have the same opinion about Skyrim? Because I... No. Th- well, see, I don't have the same opinion about Skyrim because in Skyrim you have to read any of it. Oh, oh. What do you... Okay. Yeah, you don't have to yeah. read a single book ever. You, don't... you could be completely illiterate and play that game. I know, I know. <laughs> There's not... not a... Technically, I guess you don't have to read the things in Gone Home either, but that's sort of what you're there for, so... Right. That's not what you're there to do in a different Yeah. Sure. Yeah, you would miss out on way more. Only reason I brought it up is because I had never once thought of any... Like problems or annoyance of, at reading any of the things presented to me, but I immediately did in Skyrim and stopped reading old books. Right, I, I didn't uh, like. I don't know. I I didn't really think about it until I because wa- I watched both of you play this game. I think it's a little bit weird. I feel like this is probably a game that's better experienced by yourself. Agreed. Um, but I hated all you guys in the room while I was playing. It was just the most at the beginning. We had too many people awful. in the room. Uh, but, but like, when you're going, when I was playing through the game, I didn't really think about it. But when I was sitting there watching it, the, it gave me the impression that it was there for too long, mostly because I wasn't doing anything. I was just looking at a piece of paper. No, yeah, I'm actually like a slower reader because mm-hmm. I'm stupid. Right, you're real dumb. And uh, I found myself like feeling like I was sitting there reading like those stories for too long. Yeah. And yeah, it is sort of like Not that if I, you're spending a long time on them anyway. Right. Like it's I don't know. Yeah, like I enjoyed oh. the stories, but I felt like I was just like sitting still in one place for too long, which you probably don't want to do in a game. Yeah, it's where, like when I read a book, I generally don't do it with a controller in my hand. Right. Nor do I ever read with the intention of then like going three feet to my left and reading something else. So it's... <laughs> and that's the only thing that I really think is, like, slow-paced about a very slow-paced game. You clearly don't use the web browser on Nintendo Wii U. That's true, I don't. Because that would be a very nice reading controller experience. Uh, it would be, yeah. I yeah. didn't think of that. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, check out all those Nintendo games. <laughs> <laughs> Such as Super Smash Brothers. I thought you were just laughing at my really disingenuous wow. <laughs> what I was hinting at a little bit before the break, um, and that I'm kind of curious because JJ what, uh, wants to, desperately wants to express what he doesn't like about the game. What? I don't think desperately. He just <laughs> wanted to give sort of more of an idea of, like, what your impressions of the game were, is that I think that this game is important. But not in, like... Not because the game is, like, a great game. Not in, like, a Super Mario Brothers way. Right, right. Because it's going to end sexual discrimination. Yeah. No. <laughs> and that's not even what I want to get into, though. I mean, I don't even know. It came out in 2013, and I'm not even sure at that point that having, like, a lesbian-centric storyline was really, like, 
original or like a huge step away from other things. No. It is interesting in the context of what was going on in games at the time, because it was right smack dab in the middle of the whole Gamergate fiasco. Wait, wait, I thought it, it in part was the cause of it. I thought it was like one of the two things that started that. So it was like great right smack dab wave. at the beginning <laughs> of... <laughs> It's among the things that started it, but the thing that actually started it was the Zoe Quinn. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I was there. I was there. Yeah. I was there. <laughs> I was on Reddit. Right. It was a dark time. So, in that respect, it was it was important to at least know about at the yeah. time uh, as being a thing that sort of... It was a game... If in fact, if it came out after Gamergate started, then it was sort of... It was a game to point at and be like, look, like... They just made this game, not really expecting anything, and that has these themes in it. They're not trying to make like a profound statement. They're just trying to tell like a effective story. Yeah. But the reason I think it's important is not and not because it's like a great game mechanically, for obvious reasons, is just because it is so different than what people view games as. And I feel like the existence of any game that breaks from the mold of what people view, especially in AAA, which is not... I'm not implying that. Uh, <laughs> just wanted to clarify. Yeah. Uh, it, the, the, just the release of more games like this is, is something that I think is vitally important for the medium as a whole. That was what was strange. When you like opened this on, like, I'm dying to explain the things about this game th- that I didn't like, and then told me that... What you meant by that was when I told you earlier, like, both, like, final thoughts things. Right. That is not my impression of this at all. I am not totally neutral. I'm, like, 6 out of 10, not on the normal video game ranking scale in which 6 out of 10 is garbage. And the right. actual representation of 6 out of 10 where it's all numbers on that average. scale are used. Yeah. Right. Like, it is the kind of game I want to be able, in, like, the good timeline of our future... <laughs> to, like, 20 years from now, be able to go to, like, some small college and have, like, outside, like, the computer science center, a bunch of, like, college students' art projects that are just a billion variations of things like Gone Home. Right. That's what I want. And I'm not saying that, like, each and every one of those things is going to be some kind of, like, mind-blowing experience and that video games as a whole will advance. I'm just... I wish that stories like this that are more sort of just conventional, moving, personal stories were things that could be enabled. I want the cost barrier and the time barrier to be eroded so things like this can exist. Not because I will love them, but because someone will love them somewhere. Right. And that's the reason why I wanted to talk about this game with the cast in the first place. Yeah. Is that it's just a game that can... In that future timeline that you discuss, <laughs> where everyone is walking around in their VR body suits, <laughs> performing sweet dive kicks off of buildings. With their weird Tron helmets. Yeah. In PlayStation Home and, 2.0. Yeah, and jetpacks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that you could look at something along the lines of Gone Home, if not at Gone Home itself, as almost like a formative game. In like the era of like games as a personal... like thought-provoking storytelling medium. Yeah. Because when you compare it to, let's say, another game that we talked about, uh, Shadow of the Colossus. Yeah. 
Shadow of the Colossus is a game that is brought up a lot in the like games as art debate, but from the outside looking in, Shadow of the Colossus is ostensibly just a game where you go from place to place and stab a thing bosses, to death. Yeah. 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 Boss <laughs> fights the game. Whereas if you said, like, if somebody said, what are you doing? And you said, I'm playing a video game. And then they watched you, like, open a door and rummage through, like, a girl's room and found, like, <laughs> like a note from her teacher about how she was misbehaving in class. They'd be like, I, I've got to be honest with you, this isn't what I was expecting. <laughs> right, you mean you're not playing Call of Duty? Right, yeah. You're playing Call of Lonnie. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, like, people are going to expect you to be playing, like, a platformer or mm. a shooter. Yeah. It, yeah, I don't know if the age will ever come where people will stop absolutely associating video games with game mechanics, and it's a stupid thing to say aloud like that because <laughs> we've certainly started with one and are moving into the to the other, and th- the term is so wildly accepted but describes such a wide variety of different experiences that it's probably just never going to be fully removed from the vernacular but I just I really want to be able I, I, I've already expressed this I want games like this to exist I want people to be able to accept that things like this are video games and that mechanics are just one way to try and represent feelings and make the person who is interacting with the system have certain emotional responses Dialogue is one way, mechanics are one way, music is one way, there's a million ways you can do all these individual different goals, and there's no ways, reason to have all these negative predispositions toward one or the other. Yeah. Well, I think that basically uh, falls in line with what I was trying to get across. Yeah. Uh, taking away from the game, the story of this game is actually just really affecting, and I think that it would also be affecting in any other medium, probably. Yeah. Uh, just because of the nature of it. But it is, like... I don't know. It's so... Personal? Yeah. yeah it hits you on a more personal level, I think, as a game. Like, even the third time seeing the game through, like... You like you get, like, those... Like, the, the heartstrings are pulled and tugged in different directions. Uh, like, in the she kissed me note. And, like, in, like, the she's leaving note. Then the last day note, and at the end of the game, like it just it tells its story really talentedly, and I unlike my ability to speak <laughs> <laughs> and compose sentences, uh, and like the writing team behind this game could probably write a dang good like book if they wanted to. Very intelligent. Well, they already did because all the stuff and got home. Oh snap! So much reading that we had to do. Roasted. I'm the dumb person. We hate reading. For today. That's and, the moral. Yeah. That's why, we, that's why we have a podcast about video games. Yeah. Thank you for listening to our podcast about how we hate reading <laughs> this week. Well, what are we talking about next time? <laughs> next time, uh, we're going to be talking about The Elder Scrolls V Skyrim. Oh, God, already? Or as most people refer to it, Skyrim. <laughs> the Elder Scrolls Sky Five Rim. No one refers to it as that. And it did just now. Yeah, you're objectively wrong. <laughs> Andy is not a body. There's no uh, yeah. physical form. There. That's true. Andy is a cloud of sentient gas. Mm-hmm. All right, where can I get a hold of this, Chad? <laughs> uh, if you want to get a hold of Chad, 
and then JJ, uh, you can do so at NoClipPodcast at gmail.com, on Twitter at NoClipPodcast, on our website, NoClipPodcast.com, and on YouTube, just, just NoClip. Just search NoClip. But don't try and get a hold of Andy with your hands, because he is a gas. <laughs> and he will escape through them. <laughs> that is the nature of fluids. Uh, we'll be back next week with Call of Duty Advanced Warfighter. <laughs> That's two different games. Uh, 